Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome to NBA Today, presented by Levi's. Coming up on NBA Today, Sunday, it was Dame time all day. He exploded for 71 points. Our panel's reaction to the absurd performance put on by the Blazers star and the new look Lakers, they continue to impress how they were able to overcome a major deficit and an injury scare to keep their win streak alive. Plus, the MVP race. Ooh, it is starting to get spicy on the heels of a massive weekend from three favorites. Tristan's must-see MVP rankings in just a little bit. Welcome to NBA Today, presented by Levi's. I'm Malika Andrews, alongside NBA champion Tristan Thompson, ESPN senior writer Ramona Shelburne, Hall of Famer. Mark Spears and Mr. Vince Carter join us as well. And everyone to me, I don't know about you, did you feel like this was the best weekend so far Whoa. in the regular season? Like, every game was must-see TV, game after game after game. It. I was just screaming at the TV all night. How are your neighbors feeling about that? Uh, we have a big house. Okay, okay. okay. Oh, we got a big house. It's totally fine. Let's dive right in to Dame time. No better place to start than the performance of the weekend, courtesy of Oakland's own wearing the letter O, Damian Lillard. Uh, Ramona, how did it look from your big house? I mean, was, you know what was amazing about this game is he could probably go for 50 every night, but when he gets it going like this, it's like you just have to hope they leave him in the game long enough to see where he ends up because yeah. he was both aggressive but also patient. I mean, th this shot chart is ridiculous. Look but at the three-pointers. Just in the first half alone, he would have yeah. eight. We need to rename this the Dame Three. <laughs> when you wow. barely cross like put the a new logo. arc out there and just make that the Dame. Is logo. that the four-point line at yeah. this point? Well, he would keep it going, gets all the way to the rim here and floats it in. Tristan, how difficult is it to achieve 41 points Ooh. in the first half? Well, I have never scored 40 in the first half, <laughs> but I'm saying it looks difficult. But, like, throw a double team. Get the ball in his hands. Do something. I know. You kept wondering, all right, are the Houston Rockets going to throw a different coverage at this man when he hits 46 points, when he hits 48 points, when the counter just keeps going up and up and up? Just keeps building. I, you know, the Rockets, man, defense is the last thing on their mind. They're ready for victory. <laughs> just tell. I'm not here to rag on the Rockets. I'm just here to celebrate Dame. Did you hear that, Cheney? We are not ragging on your Rockets. Look at what Damian Lillard was able to do. He's able to get it done from three. He's able to get it done inside the paint. He was on from everywhere. And Ramona, he was able, to your point, to stay in the game long enough. They actually needed it for him to go off like Well, that. and that's the key to these games. Game has to catch a body. Ooh, I didn't. He has to stay in the game. It has to be close enough for them to leave him in the game. Yeah. And a lot of times, like I saw Kobe have a lot of these type of games, and Phil Jackson would like pull him with 50, 60 points in the third quarter. Right. The Warriors have this all the time. But this game was just close enough they had to leave him in. They had to leave him in just for an exclamation point here. Damian Lillard once again hits the floater. 71 points. The Blazers win it. 131-114. Damian Lillard was the man last night. His teammates let him know in the 
the post-game interview. He had it going, though, just from all over the court. He was making 22 of his 38 shots from the field, setting the Trailblazers' single-game scoring record in the process. Now, Lillard, the scoring record, he has it against two franchises, the Nets and the Rockets. He also did it in fewer than 40 minutes. So take a listen to Chauncey Billups after the game. No, I've never seen it. I've never seen a performance like that uh, before. It was a piece of art. Dame has that look in his eye. He sure does. Into the lane, running right-hander up and in. Damian Lillard with that runner. 71 points, a career high. I do the work, man. I, I do things the right way. I make sure I put my time in. Uh, I go out there and do it for the right reasons. And, you know, I think because so many people have witnessed what happens before these performances happen, they appreciate this, you know, as that type of art, you know, and that's why it means it means something to me. I live for the, the moments, you know, where I'm taking over and dominating games, but I don't live for, um, you know, the stuff that comes afterwards. Most efficient 60-point game, league history, now the most efficient 70-point game. Just to contextualize this, Dame, he's been putting up ridiculous numbers and shots this entire season. I want to take a look at the most ridiculous. This is October 21st. You remember this. It's against the Suns. A little heavy, a little pull-up from a cool 30 That's a great feet. defender, too, Josh Okogie. Yeah. And then December 8th versus the Nuggets. Inside 15 seconds, the Blazers down one. Dame Lillard, what did you say? Gets to a spot, remember? Yeah, that, that's the Dame three now. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> It's, it, it's like 40 feet, He's, he, and he makes it look easy every time. He makes it look easy on February 6th against the Milwaukee Bucks, too. 14 seconds left here. Damian Lillard, he pulls up from I mean, 41 feet? The, what? Half court. What? Like, you we have to respect him. him out there. What? Like, at this point, just I double mean. team him. <laughs> and then February 13th against the Lakers. Don't worry, Lakers fans. We're going to show some good of you guys as well. 1.6 on the clock. First quarter, Dame Lillard. I mean, he loves the right side. I'm convinced the right side is Dame's side. Away what over more is there to say? Much taller defender. What there. more is there to say about this man? And just for good measure, in case you didn't catch it on Ramona's huge TV in her huge house, <laughs> here is Dame. Yeah, I live in the valley. We got room Rolling up there. But sometimes, Ramona, <laughs> when you have an absolutely absurd game, you get drug tested. I mean, honestly, I was like, are y'all serious? Like, I. I did the urine test yesterday, and then they backed it up with the um, the blood draw tonight after the game. That's actually my first time in my career being tested after a game. And then aside from that, they know that I'm scared of needles. So I know I got a lot of tattoos, but when you're doing the blood draw, it's different than it's different than tattoos. But I was it, it brought me down from from here to the floor all the way until it was done. And then once I finished it, I was like, all right, you know, I got that out the way. So. I feel way better afterwards. <laughs> I feel you, Dame. I'm afraid of needles, too, and I only have one tattoo. All right, Lillard's eighth player. He's the eighth player with 70 points in a game in NBA history. He joins Donovan Mitchell as the second player to have one this season. This is the first time in league history. You can see it on your screen there where multiple 70-point games have come in the same season. And Dame got there with 13 threes, the most in any 70-point game. I mean... I'm not sure what the numbers speak for themselves. Just an incredible performance from Damian Lillard. Our hat is off to you, sir. Excellent. We're going to keep it pushing because Sunday, the Lakers, I thought this was going to be the game of the day, right? There was just everything kept upping the ante. Yep. They made their largest comeback in 20 years. It came at the expense of the Mavericks. Let's take a look at it here. Ramona, Christian Wood, 
You know he's got that range. He hits the three. Well, at the beginning of the game, this was the Mavericks hitting threes and the Lakers being atrocious from three. Yeah. So you saw that stat at the bottom of your screen there. Teams are 0-138 this season when trailing by 27-plus points at any point. Kyrie's seen that before. Yeah, he's seen that one before. <laughs> LeBron James says, get that out of there. Pushing ahead to the third quarter here. This is about the time when I was like, all right, I can get up. I can take a little break. I can maybe drive into the studio for, yep. for NBA Countdown because it looks like Dallas has this on ice. Not so fast, LeBron says. They just stayed so aggressive in the paint. They, did, they, they took advantage of their size advantage and kept with the game plan of getting in the paint. Third quarter, once again, LeBron going to work, gets it all the way, can't quite get it to go. He's fouled on this. This is a scary moment. Oh, man. He comes down and he's saying, I heard a pop, I heard a pop. And that's when Lakers fans, LeBron fans, basketball fans around the world are going, oh, no. Please no, but he stayed in the game. He was able to get up, so we'll keep it pushing to the fourth quarter because this is where things got good. Two minutes to go here in the fourth. Lakers down. Dennis Schroeder. Oh, can he get it to go? This is what a healthy Anthony Davis can do, Ramona. Yeah, did you hear Darvin Ham talking about his, his, they call him Wilt Davis, like Wilt Chamberlain <laughs> Davis? But that's what he's got to do, though. He's got to play big. They put him at center now. It's time to be big boy and body up. Well, and the story of this game, Jared is Vanderbilt, right? Yep. Vando, yep. they call him. They put him on Luka Doncic, and it gave them a look yep. that they have not had all year defensively with that wing defender, and it gave Luka some problems. Anthony Davis going to work here. This is what they need to be able to do to close out games like this. Uh, Davis had 30 points, 15 rebounds. LeBron, 26 points. Irving, 21 and 11. Doncic had 26 points. So, I mentioned it. The Lakers' 27-point comeback was the largest this season with teams entering Sunday 0-138 when falling behind by that much. It was a big day for LeBron James as well. He led teams having tied the largest comeback of his career. So monumental <coughs> comeback by LeBron and company, but Lakers fans, they were holding their breath during that rally when James said he heard a pop. Ramona, what more can you tell us about that injury? Well, you know, he said after the game, I'm not going to miss any time because, as, as you know, they, they have a short season now to make yep. up. And they, they finally got out of 13th place in that one. But this game coming up against Oakland, Oklahoma City is very important mm -hmm. because that's one of the teams that they are chasing. And that's one of the teams that they need to win here. So, you know, the ankle injury, you always have to see how it feels the next day. I've checked in and we haven't heard any updates going forward about how he feels the next day from, with that ankle yep. injury, but you know he's going to want to try to get out there. Well, fingers crossed because the Lakers, they're on a three-game winning streak at this point, Tristan. Yep. And that's something that earlier in the season fans were hoping for, praying for. What have you learned about this Lakers team in that stretch? Well, this is a different Lakers team. Before the yeah. deadline, if we said that the Lakers team before the deadline could go on a three-game winning streak, you'd be like, hope and pray. Hope and pray. This is a different ball club. This is a team that's added depth, youth, length, and role players that have actually played meaningful minutes and have played at a high level. Mm. And you guys saw it. You know, they threw different looks at Luka. And like you said, Momo, yep. Vanderbilt gave Luka problems. It's his length, his activity. That, that changed the whole course of the game yep. and really took him out of rhythm. And that's what the 27 point, that's a big comeback. Yep. Mm. Vince, where do you fall on this? Yeah, I, I think the Lakers are, 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 are relevant, and I, I think they have what it takes to get themselves back in, into playoff, well, playoff contention. I, I still say I, I'm not sure if sixth place can happen. I, you know, it, anything can happen. I understand that. But 
They're doing what they need to do. Every team wants to hit their stride hmm. after the All-Star break, and they're doing it. You know, when you hit your stride, you're hoping that puts you in the best possible position. Yes, they want to, you know, why not set your goal for sixth place and see where you fall from there? Because if they get in the playing tournament, they, they'll be okay and make some noise. And who wants to see the Lakers are in a seventh or eighth seed at that if they're playing their hmm. best basketball? Mark? You know, if this team has a healthy LeBron and they have a healthy AD, they're capable of beating anybody. Vanderbilt's defense, Beasley shooting, although he struggled yesterday, a bench with Hashimura, Brown, Reeves, Mo Bamba. This is, like Vince said, is a really, really new Lakers team. And, hey, you know, while they're in this 13th spot or whatever getting out, they're not too far behind. Six, like, no. look at the standing. Right. They're not too far behind. So if, if their margin of error is slim, but if the Lakers keep chipping away, chipping away, chipping away, who knows, maybe they could be in the sixth seed. Okay, so, so listening to everybody, it sounds like people are pretty high on the Lakers. So let's put this to the test. I want to see how far everyone's willing to ride with this the Lakers. Is, I'm ready to ride. But, I got my seatbelt. I'm ready to ride. Let's go. like, we ride in the night. Um, if the Lakers get in as the yep. eighth seed, let's assume everybody is healthy. As it stands right now, they would face the Nuggets as the number one seed. So raise your hand if you all believe that the Lakers would get past the Nuggets in a seven-game series. I'm raising my hand for myself and Perk and RJ. Right? So. Oh, I think they got to. I got. I got to beat them. What? Denver don't want us, does not want to see the Lakers. I'm like a 50-50 here. That would be a tough series. Come on, Vince. I'm gonna say yes. Thank you, Vince. God, everybody said yes. yes. All right, if the Lakers get up to seven, keep your hands up if they're beating the Grizzlies, who are fine in the West. (laughs) I'm raising my hand as well. Yeah, see? I'm keeping mine down. Keeping yours down. Why? I like the Grizz. I like the Grizz, too, especially Steven Adams healthy. And they have so much depth, and I think. But we have three hands. I think the Lakers are getting past both Denver and the Grizzlies. All right. Uh, Yes, Vince. I think that's a favorable matchup for them. I think yeah. they can yeah. compete against the Grizzlies and make it tough. I think Stephen Adams. I think conference that. finals. Who's riding with them to the conference finals? Well, if, that if, matchup. If they beat the one or two seed, if they beat Memphis or Denver, I got them in the conference finals. All right. So then, let's say they face—I oh, don't know—the Mavs or the Suns. Or oh, are you people. riding with them to the finals? I got them, I got them in the conference finals. And if and if the well, matchup's right, don't sleep on my Kings. <laughs> yeah, the Kings. Don't sleep on my Kings. <laughs> Thank Mark, you. Mark, I love you. I love you, Mark. Points the other night. They're just trying to break the playoff drought. <laughs> That's all they're trying kings. to do. They're trying to break the playoff drought in Sacramento. I'm sorry, no, Tristan. They, they break it. They, 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 they look good, bro. Come on, Tristan. They you look good. The current Lakers. Yeah. If we said Lakers or the field, who are you taking? Lakers or the field? Yes. No, I'm taking the field. Lakers. I'm taking the field. Listen, a healthy Anthony right. Davis. Oh. I'm taking Lakers. Wow. We're going to have Tristan uh, okay. test what's in your cup. We're going to get a little game in the commercial break going on here. <laughs> I like the Lakers, but dang, Tristan. All right. Still to come oh, on NBA to today. Day. I'm afraid of this. <laughs> I'm afraid of this because Tristan, you're predicting how That's the MVP funny, race is going to shake out, but based on your predictions of the Lakers, ooh-wee, you're not going to want to miss that. And after Luka and the Mavs, they blew that lead to the Lakers. Does our panel think that things are getting a little bit dangerous in Dallas? You're also going to want to take a listen to what Jason Kidd had to say. Plus, speaking of the Lakers, a recent poll shows more and more people view LeBron as the greatest of all time. We will show you that survey just minutes away. Stay tuned. Tristan, you good? 
Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. NBA Today is presented by Levi's, celebrating 150 years of the 501 gene. 10.8 remaining. It's all tied up. I told my teammates coming out that time out. Game time. Inbound to Smart. Bounce pass Tatum. Tatum puts up a three. What a game in Philadelphia on Saturday, Jason. That was when we were all screaming at the TV, right? I was like, did it count? Did what? it count? What? I just woke the baby up. How lucky are we that we all got to watch it on ABC because the, the big house didn't. No, the, the baby's inside the big house. Yeah, so, oh, God. I was screaming. Well, I mean, that was, I, I believe it was an instant classic. It was. Right? How did Joel Embiid and Jason Tatum react to this? What did well, they tell you? Well, look, Jason Tatum was basically, he had a bad game. He had an off shooting night yeah. that game. Philly played extremely good defense on him. And he, he basically said, you know, I had, to, I had to hit that shot to make up for the bad game that I had, which is, that's so Jason Tatum. Like, he is such a Kobe Bryant disciple. And he referenced the, that game that Kobe Bryant had, 2010 finals. Bad game seven for Kobe Bryant. Bryant, but won it with defensive rebounding. And when you when you don't have your shot falling, you focus on other areas of the game. But it, when it mattered at the end of the game, Jason Tatum hit that shot. Then Joel Embiid took a minute, took a minute to get over that one because that was a yeah. deflating loss. But I think he came away. He said he came away from that game encouraged by what Philly has. He really thinks they're close because they've been on such a good run here. He obviously has to play a lot of minutes in that game. He hit the 70-footer. That didn't count. But they're so close. I think in his mind, that was an encouraging game mm. rather than a deflating game because of how well they played. He seemed like he knew that that shot, it wasn't oh, good. Yeah, he they, walked off the floor. All of us were just kind of waiting to see, <laughs> is there any chance? Because it was so improbable, so yeah. incredible. You've reported on this show, Ramona, yeah. that Joel Embiid, when he he looks at matchups against Nikola Jokic. Yep. That's that's his Super Bowl. Yep. But the Celtics, they've eliminated the Sixers and him from the postseason twice. How does he view these? I mean, they're they're one and eight in the playoffs against them. They've eliminated from them twice. Like this is the team they have to go through mm-hmm. if they want to get through that second round hurdle. And they're so close. Like they are as close as Joel was to winning that game for them. Just a couple seconds too late. Just yep. a couple, not, not even seconds. Like a tenth of a second too late. Like they, they feel like they're closing the gap on the Celtics, but so far the Celtics are just deeper, stronger. They know how to defend. And the issue for the, for the Sixers in this game was when Joel Embiid was on the floor, they were great. And in the minutes that he did not play, 
they were atrocious. Mm -hmm. And this is an issue Philly has to face going forward because they didn't add a backup big man for Joel Embiid. They didn't go out and get a Mo Bamba or a Mason Plumlee who's had a great who's had a great impact for the Clippers. They are dependent on Joel Embiid playing 40, 42 minutes a night. Yeah, Joel and the, and the Celtics are sort of inextricably linked because their path to the finals, it absolutely goes through Boston. And Joel Embiid's path to an MVP, it may very well go through Nikola Jokic. And March 27th. He was cooking last night, Ramona. I mean, yep. third straight MVP award. I'm not sure if we're going to award it to him quite yet, but the play that he has been putting on has been absolutely incredible. So this is last night, Kawhi Leonard versus Nikola Jokic. We picked this one up late in the fourth. Paul George going to work here, gets that one to go. This was incredible. Once again, Nikola Jokic. I mean, the footwork on that is ridiculous. You have to slow that down to appreciate how good his footwork is there. And the scratches on his arm. Like, was he fighting a bear? What is uh, happening? Yeah, well, maybe he's fighting the claw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, encouraging play, though, from Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard has been on one lately. I know they lost this game, and they lost that heartbreaker to Sacramento on Friday night at 176-175. But if you've been watching the Clippers lately and seeing how well Kawhi Leonard's been playing, he is rounding into Kawhi Leonard peak performance. He is at just the right time. Michael Porter Jr. That was a big shot. Huge shot. Huge shot for Michael Porter. The Nuggets, just impressive, gutsy, once again going up. Trying to steal it here. The Clippers, they have one more shot. We've seen these go in this weekend. And yeah. That was, that. you know what, like, that normally would be an all-time shot that doesn't count, but it was like one day after Joel Embiid did that from 15 feet further back. Yeah, it's it just, this was the weekend <laughs> where the improbable, the impossible happened, so to overtime we go. This is when the Nuggets just took over and dominated. Michael Porter Jr. once again hits the three, puts the Nuggets up by seven at this point, and then under two minutes to play here, Nuggets up by eight. Jokic gets in the paint, hits that little floater, finished with 40 points, 17 rebounds, 10 assists. The Nuggets get the win, 134 to 124. So the Joker just continues his dominant run in the pursuit of his third consecutive MVP award. Nikola Jokic is the first player in NBA history with three games of 40 points, 15 rebounds, 10 assists in a single season. The Nuggets needed every bit of the effort, though. Denver continues to remain unbeaten in games where he has a triple-double, a perfect 23-0. So these are how the MVP odds are shaken out according to Caesars Sportsbook. You can see who is the favorite right now, followed by Joel Embiid, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Jason Tatum, Luka Doncic. Uh, Tristan, you don't like it. You see it on my face. I can see it on your face. So this is what we're going to do. I'd like Tristan Thompson's top candidates for the MVP in order from three to one. Can we do that? Oh, I'm ready. Are you do ready? It. So give yeah. me number three. Number three, we're going to go with the big fella, Nikola Jokic. Yes, he's number three. I love, I love his PER. He's leading the league at points efficiency. He's 60%. 40. Third? Yeah, he's third. He's third. 60% from the field goal, 40 from three. He's doing a great job, but he's not number one. He's number three. He's got a way to go. Okay. Let's build him. Number two. Number two. Number two. Joel Embiid. Okay. Leading the league in scoring. Top 10 in blocks. You saw on Saturday, even though they lost, he's a man child. You cannot stop him. He could do everything out there. And that's good. But my number one, the MVP in the league, Jason Tatum. And you know what a coach told me growing up? Big time players make big time plays in big moments. Okay. And listen, to back it up, JT leads the league in game tying or winning shots 
in the last five seasons. And listen, they're the number one East. Keep calm. Come with me now. Number one East. I, I, and they've been atop the East all season long. With guys out. Incredible. With guys out. He's had Robert Williams out. He's had Jalen Brown out. He's had Marcus Smart out. Yep. He has weathered the storm. Yep. And that's what the MVP does. Yep. Come on, ladies and gentlemen. This is what MVPs do. Yeah. And it's about time he gets his respect. Come on, JT. Okay. I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not even mad. I'm not mad at Joel Embiid. Second, I'm not mad at Jason Tatum being in this conversation. And I get the voter fatigue on Nikola Jokic, but even David McMenamin has a story up on ESPN.com this morning. Even if you ask his peers, Jason, Joel, LeBron, none of them have a problem with Nikola. I, yes, they, don't, they don't have a problem with Jokic, but guess what? They rather JT. I rather JT. Hey. I'll be in Boston this week for, for, for all access with the Celtics, and I'll make sure to let JT know. Tristan Thompson has him at the top of the MVP voting. Tristan, we teased it earlier. Are things starting to get a little bit concerning in Dallas? Because after the Mavericks blew that lead against the Lakers, their coach, what he said, caught our panel's ear. Yeah, I'm not the savior here. I'm not playing. I'm watching, just like you guys. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Welcome back to NBA Today, presented by Levi's. The 1975 NBA Finals featured the Al Addles-led Warriors versus the KC Jones-led Washington Bullets, marking the first championship in American major professional sports history to feature two black coaches. Led by Hall of Famer Rick Barry, the Warriors swept Alvin Hayes and the Bullets four games to none, the team's last title until 2015. Here with the full squad, Ramona, Tristan, Vince, and Mark Spears. So we're going to play a little chop it or drop it. And for those of you who don't know the rules, who forget the rules, how it works, if you want to chop it, if you want to talk about it, then you say chop it and we discuss it. If you want to drop it, then you do exactly that and you move on. Move on. Is everyone cool, Vince? Are we cool? Let's do it. All right, let's do it. We're going to start with the maps. Because as they say, the numbers, they don't lie. The Mavericks are one in three in the four games where both Luka and Kyrie Irving have played together. It's been the best and it's been the worst. Dallas has the best offense, but the worst defense in the NBA in those games. So Coach Jason Kidd, he had some issues with that. Yeah, I'm not the savior here. I'm not playing. I'm watching, just like you guys. And as us, as a team, we got to mature. 
And, uh, you know, we got a lot of new bodies coming back, and we gotta, we have to grow up if we want to win a championship. There's no young team that's ever won a championship, uh, mentally or physically. And so what the Lakers just showed us is that it's not, it's not a race. It's not the rabbit who wins. It's the turtle. And, and they, they work the game. And, and that's where we have to get to. We have to get better at working the game, and uh, we will. Rabbit and turtle, tortoise and hare. It's all fine. Chop it, drop it, Tristan. Let's, let's chop it. Let's right. chop it. Let's chop it up. Let's chop it. I, I think um, I, I, I know there's a lot of emotions going on. I know J.K.'s frustration, especially with the trade and a lot of moving pieces. But listen, this team is made to the Western Conference Finals, and they got to understand that the pressure is on, and everyone's got to understand that, from the coaches to the players. And you guys got to be ready to play. Mm. This is unexcusable. 27, unexcusable. Mm. Vince? I played with J. Kidd, and, and it's this funny seat, sitting there watching him talk and just see his facial expression. This is his challenge. You know, some people might like how, not, might not like how he goes about it, but this is J. Kidd challenging not only uh, Luca but Kyrie. Yeah, he's like, yeah, the honeymoon is over. Now it's about winning and position, uh, playing position basketball, and he's just trying to get it out there. Like sometimes you just got to do it that way. Yes, I know some people are like, well, he got to take onus on, on his part. True. But he's challenging his superstars to step up like what was done when they won the championship in Dallas to dirt. Hmm. Mark? Uh, Jason Kidd don't have to give them juice boxes and cookies. I, I, you know, they threw a 27-point <laughs> like lead, get on their tail, <laughs> and yell at them and make them better. And that's what coaches got to do. You got to coach them up. Well, look, Jay Kidd has never minced words. Like He has had a lot of strong statements before yeah. through the media about Luka Doncic earlier in his career. This is how he coaches him. He challenges him. Yep. And this is this right now is him saying, you guys wanted a, a new player here. You, they, but they traded away Dorian Finney-Smith, one of their best defensive players in mm. this trade for Kyrie Irving. Now you got to play some defense. And he's challenging both, both Luka and Kyrie to play some defense. Yeah, and there's no problem with that. Yeah. That's how Jason Kidd kind of does it. I, yeah. I do, like, I'm not sure he's watching mm. just like us. He maybe yeah, a little bit more of a hand in it, but I, I get the point. Let's stick in the West here. The Clippers, their last two games, a little something like this, right? On Ooh. Friday, the Sacramento Kings, they defeated L.A. 176-175. to 175. It was a double overtime game, what turned out to be the second highest scoring game in NBA history. And then last night, Nikola Jokic and the Nuggets, they knocked off the Clippers 134-124 in overtime. So for anyone keeping score, that's three overtimes, two losses in Westbrook's first games with the Clippers. So Ramona, chop it or drop it, are we concerned in Clippers? No, I'm going to drop it. I, you know, I was talking to Ty Lue after both these games, and he said, you know, I need five games. I need five yep. games to figure out these rotations and figure out how to make this work. But you guys, Kawhi Leonard, watch that man closely. The claw is back. He is good. And Westbrook is fitting in right where they need him to. You yeah. do the claw? Right. The claw I can't claw right. my little hand. That's we keep it pushing then. It was the 2021 finals rematch yesterday. It was between Phoenix and Milwaukee. This was another great game. So many great games this weekend. No Giannis Antetokounmpo. Chris, uh, Drew Holiday, rather, scored 33 points. Brooke Lopez made a tie-breaking layup with 24.8 seconds left. The Bucks won 104-101 for their 14th consecutive victory. 14-game winning streak, Vince Carter. Chop it or drop it. The Bucks. they are the best team in the East. Malika, because of the way Tristan laid that out about Jason Tatum, we're going to drop it Ooh. because the Boston Celtics, I still think, are number one. Okay, well, we chopped it. We dropped it. But let's 
stick with the Bucks because Cleveland Browns owner Jimmy Haslam has agreed to purchase Mark Lazarus' 25% stake of the Milwaukee Bucks in a deal that puts the value of the NBA franchise at $3.5 billion. That's according to Tim Bontemps. The agreement, though, has not yet been finalized. Yeah, oh. that's a pretty penny. Hmm. Um, before we head to break, everybody, here's something that made me smile, and I hope it makes you smile, too. Our friend and our colleague, Mark Jones, he called the Fresno State San Jose State women's basketball game with his daughter Sophia this weekend and we've seen father and son duos we've seen brothers but father and daughter I I can't remember seeing that happen before take a listen Sophia it's been a blast it was a pleasure to call my first ever game with you this will always go down as one of my career highlights I just want you to know that this was a lot of bit a lot of fun hope to do it again sometime oh thank you it's such an honor I love that. I love that. I love that so much. As someone who's, I've I've done segments obviously with with my sister, sharing this with family, it is so special. And Mark, he is a beautiful family. I've been really lucky. I've gotten to have dinners with them on the road, meet his wife, meet his other two children. They are such wonderful people. Mark, actually, he bounces ideas for his catchphrases a little bit off of his family. Like, is this cool? Does this work? So Mark and Sophia, that was awesome. I hope to hear you both on calls for many games to come on ESPN, though, and ABC family of networks. You can hear Mark Jones in action this Saturday, but ESPN, it is the home for a Friday night doubleheader. The Nets and the Celtics, it starts at 7.30 Eastern, followed by John Morant and the Grizzlies battling the Joker and the Nuggets. 10 o'clock Eastern. Ooh, that's going to be a battle of who's fine in the West. Still to come, the results. They are in. Regarding a national survey about who is the GOAT, is it Jordan, is it LeBron, did the scoring record finally tilt the scale? Find out next. LeBron James did it his way. The third leading scorer, number two, all-time in scoring. And now he's the legend. The crowd wants it. James Faye, jumper, good! LeBron James is the NBA's new all-time scoring king. As much as I tried to live in the moment, it was kind of a blur. I've been able to do some incredible things in this league, and hopefully I can do some more incredible things before I'm done. So it's a debate as old as time. I mean, not quite, but the discussion it's heard at barbershops, bars, games, on your televisions around the world. Who's the NBA's GOAT? Well, thanks to a poll commissioned by ESPN, you now have some numbers that can back up your next great debate about the greatest to ever lace them up. It feels like it started with his hand still hanging in the air. The perfect punctuation to the perfect career. Yet before that sight had receded from our vision into our memory, we began to search. Who would be the next? Who could take his place? Would anyone ever again make us feel the way Michael Jordan made us feel? Michael at the foul line, a shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win it! The successors to his throne came fast and furious, and some were fabulous, reaching heights that few in the game's history had ever approached. But not until now has the question felt fully worth asking. With LeBron James sitting atop the all-time scoring list, while fourth in assists, with his four rings, four MVPs, and two gold medals. Has he staked a legitimate claim to being the greatest player of all time? 
LeBron ain't catching MJ. What LeBron's accomplished over the course of his career, it makes him the GOAT. I'm still going with MJ as the GOAT, and LeBron's got to get those rings. I can't look at the body of work, in my mind, and not put LeBron at the top of this list. According to a poll commissioned by ESPN, your answer may well be determined by how old you are. Overall, 57% of fans believe Jordan remains the GOAT, while 36% either choose LeBron or say it's too close to call. However, among younger fans aged 18 to 34, only 52% say they would choose Michael over LeBron if they were starting a team. 57% of those younger fans choose LeBron as the better passer, and 54% say he's a better defender. For what it's worth, 33% of fans that age say they never saw Jordan play. Don't be in a rush to try to find the next Michael Jordan. It's not going to be another Michael Jordan. The area of greatest dominance for Air Jordan comes from the Air Jordans. Four decades later, it still has to be the shoes. 76% say his are the better sneakers. The off-the-court area in which LeBron has increased his numbers most has been through his social activism, particularly during the last three years. 44% of fans believe he has made the greater impact off the court. While Jordan still has the majority, that gap between them has been cut in half since 2020. Oh, blocked by James! So in summary, it's safe to say there are still more basketball fans who choose Michael Jordan as the greatest player ever. However, it is impossible not to notice how much closer that becomes the younger the respondents are. Plus, at age 38, LeBron is demonstrating very little decline. LeBron, throw that baby down! Dunk of the year by LeBron! His play remains at an all-NBA first-team level. Put those two together and run these numbers back in three more years. It won't be a surprise if the title of GOAT changes hands once and for all. Here's what I know. That great debate, it will only continue. When we return, though, on NBA Today, the Hawks, they've made their hire for their next head coach. We'll discuss the particulars of that signing when we return. Take it by Iguodala. They do have a timeout. Decide not to use it. Curry, way down. Can you believe that shot, an iconic call? It was already seven years ago to the day. The rare double bang call from our very own Mike Breen. And Breen says that he's actually only ever used it three times. So in honor of the legendary call, Steph Curry and the Curry brand, they're releasing the Curry 2 Retro Double Bang. So check out who Steph gifted the very first pair. Hey, Mike, I'm hoping this video finds you in good spirits, my man. As I get ready to release the Curry 2 Bang Bang PE Retro for the first time ever, I realize there's no way we could drop these without the involvement of the man who gave these shoes a nickname seven years ago. So you're the first person to get these in hand. So we got a double bang and call in 2016. Before it's all said and done, I think I need a triple bang call from Mr. <laughs> Mike Breen himself. They do have a timeout, decide not to use it. Curry from way downtown, bang, bang. Oh, what a shot from Curry. All love, man, enjoy the shoes and I appreciate you. Wow. Man, thank you, man. That's, that's, that's so nice of you. Those are the that's, originals. That's, that's so cool. Absolutely. Thank you, boss. Honor.
That's so cool. Triple bang call, though. I don't know about that. Take a look at the new shoes. They're pretty good looking. Mike Breen gets the first pair. A very special moment for both Steph and Mike Breen, two people who are still at the top of their respective fields seven years later. Keeping a push into some news here, Quinn Snyder has been hired as the Atlanta Hawks coach. That's what sources tell ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski. The Hawks reached an agreement with Snyder on a five-year deal only five days after firing McMillan on Tuesday. General Manager Landry Fields stressed that Atlanta's eighth-place standing in the Eastern Conference was not acceptable for a team that advanced to the conference finals in 2021. Snyder was coach of the Utah Jazz from 2014 through 2022. Take a listen to what he had to say earlier today. I think the opportunity to come in now, um, although maybe challenging, is also an opportunity to hopefully go on a run. Um, but also, and I think these things are not mutually exclusive, uh, to begin to build a foundation, um, a culture, and you go through it together collectively. And I didn't want to wait um, until next year to do that. We now welcome in ESPN senior NBA insider Adrian Wojnarowski. Woj, thank you so much for joining us. So when can we expect Snyder to coach his first game with Atlanta? Well, like, uh, uh, tomorrow night against the Washington Wizards uh, in Atlanta, as Quinn Snyder said, uh, he's getting right to work here with this team. He met with the team earlier today. Uh, and listen, he's got the staff in place. Nate McMillan's staff, Joe Prunty, who is the interim coach, of course, will continue to serve for Quinn Snyder, uh, at least for the rest of this season. But he wants to get in there and start building relationships with the key players here, getting to know them uh, as he starts to put his uh, program in place. You know, this is an offseason where potentially uh, the Hawks could have some significant decisions to make on personnel, and it just seemed there's enough of the season left. Uh, for Quinn Snyder to get in and get to work. Yeah, get to work right away. Woj, what has the reaction been inside the Hawks organization to this hiring? Uh, Euphoria. I mean, they Mm. uh, in Atlanta knew and believed, like I think a lot of teams around the league, that Quinn Snyder was the most uh, accomplished coach, certainly available in the marketplace. And he really fit what Atlanta needed, which was uh, somebody to come in and put a program in place to bring you know, just tremendous leadership. Anybody who's played for Quinn Snyder or coached with him uh, or worked with him in a front office, you know, they'll just tell you about all the different ways Quinn Snyder is going to impact your organization. Just tremendous attention to detail, a very demanding coach, uh, but also a coach who, again, has a unique way of connecting with players. And I think when players know you can get them better, uh, you can help them get better contracts, have more individual team success. Mm. Uh, you know, they're going to gravitate toward uh, that kind of a coach. And I think for this organization, you know, Landry Fields, their new general manager, uh, to get Quinn Snyder before really anybody else in the marketplace uh, was able to get him get at him in the offseason. This is a real coup for the Atlanta Hawks organization. Absolutely, Woj, thank you. The Quinn Snyder era begins for Atlanta tomorrow at 7.30 Eastern as the Hawks face the Washington Wizards. We're also just a couple of days away from two pivotal games on ESPN on Wednesday night. We've got Donovan Mitchell and the Cavs taking on Jason Tatum and the Celtics at 7.30 Eastern. I'll be on the sidelines for that one, followed by two teams battling out in play-in territory, the Pelicans and the Blazers. That one is at 10 o'clock Pacific. So in life, Sometimes you can beat the buzzer, and sometimes the buzzer beats you. 
the best of the almost buzzer beaters of all time thanks to what went down this past weekend. That's coming up next. Today is presented by Levi's, celebrating 150 years of the 501 gene. So we don't usually talk about the shots that don't count, but when what happened happened this past weekend, I feel like we have to talk about it because we had Paul George, we had Joel Embiid. This, like, these were, oh my God, jump off your couch, use expletives. Did it count? No, it didn't. If this counted, I'd have been like, this is the shot of the year. It's ridiculous. And then you got this. I like, mean, and there were two. It wasn't just two. one. There were two. So that means we need to bring you the best top of the top, almost buzzer beaters. And we're going to start with my guy Baron Davis in 2002. He's looking pass. It's almost, almost done, there. Is it? Oh, oh bank shot. The bank was open, but too late. I mean. You remember complaining about this instant replay. It was just, mm, mm, ah, ooh. just it should have been good. It should have been good. It looked good to me. It still looks good to me. Gosh darn it. And then there's 2010. <laughs> Amari Stoudemire. This is versus Boston, so I'll let you take this one. Yeah, it, it looked good. I thought it was good. I remember watching this game at Texas watching it. Well, I was a high school kid. Nick so. Celtics play tonight. Maybe we'll see a little bit of magic. <laughs> Look at this Spike. Spike wanted it. Spike wanted Losing it. it. And Amari's playing at MVP level this time. I know. Yeah. Well, and then we got to go to 2015. Paul Pierce versus the Atlanta Hawks. Mm. Uh, the truth. <laughs> he thought he had it. I know. Oh, I know. Look at the celebration. The celebration's already <laughs> ensuing. He's like, yes, I'm face. the man. And he definitely called game. White. Knowing him, oh, yeah. You, you know what you did to this Hawks team the next round, though? Oh, we beat him. You, you pulled out the broom. Oh, sweep. You were, you were getting that little, I don't know why I'm sweeping this yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, that's that golf. That's golf. <laughs> <laughs> 2017. This is, who is this, Bellinelli? Is that what this was? Oh, oh. this is awesome. That was insane. You know, that should just count it just because you're so creative. I know. Off, off the tush. <laughs> <laughs> Christian He's Woods. jumping for it. Christian Woods like, no, it was good. It was yeah. good. That's awesome. Like, yeah, that was just that was, that was just amazing. And then we have just a couple of days ago, since he is a friend of the show, the man, the Miz. That was oh. awesome, as he would say, but not quite. Nah, it's almost there. Cleveland boy. My favorite part of this, though, was Richard Jefferson, like, jumping. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? What is even, what is going on here? His grandma, like, LeBron's won the championship. That's the same kind of grab I mean, he did LeBron. He did. Giannis is like, nah. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. not. I'm taking home this win. He's going to take the ball and run away with it. He's like, no, we know. Thank you so much for watching NBA Today presented by Levi's. Thank you, Tristan, for hanging with us. You're holding Thank down you. the fort this week. I'm headed to Boston for NBA All Access, so you will see Richard and Chanae in studio with you. Yep. Good work. Got, I got us. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs>